After months of speculation, the Zags finally added another guard to the rotation, going way overseas to Croatia to land six foot four sharpshooter Luka Krajnovic. Who is he and how does he fit on Gonzaga's roster? We'll discuss that all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to give you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked on Zags is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, folks, no mailbag Monday today because believe it or not, here in mid-August, we are still talking about additions to Gonzaga's roster heading into the 2023-24 college basketball season. Instead of mailbag, we're going to take a full look at who Luka Kradnovich is, how he might fit into Gonzaga's lineup, into the rotation for this year and beyond, and whether we think Gonzaga's roster is actually set. They still do have one scholarship left. What does that mean for the Zags? We'll get into all of that in a jam-packed episode of Locked on Zags today, starting with a brief discussion of who Luka Kradnovich is, because I suspect for most of you, myself included, this is not a name that we had heard about very much. There had been a few rumblings of international players potentially being on Gonzaga's radar. It was not a shock necessarily to see Gonzaga go that direction. We'd been talking on this podcast, for those of you who are everyday listeners, you've heard me talk about the kind of lack of talent at the positions that Gonzaga really wanted to add. Namely, they've been looking for a bigger guard to add to the rotation really ever since Malachi Smith confirmed that he was going to stay in the NBA draft process. They looked at Paul Mulcahy, who ultimately went to the University of Washington. They looked at Jeremiah Williams, who went to Rutgers. They looked at Joe Toussaint, who went to Texas Tech. They looked at Jose Perez, who stayed at West Virginia. There are likely others that they looked at as well that we were maybe never privy to or that we did discuss, but we weren't sure. Mike Meadows went to St. Louis. We talked about him a little bit. Damar Langford went to, I'm not sure, he went to New Mexico State, excuse me, um, after being at Boston College. But regardless, Gonzaga needed to add another guard, and when the options in the transfer portal were starting to wind down, it made sense for them to look internationally. Gonzaga was not the only team to do that. Kentucky added Zvonimir Visic, also from Croatia. UCLA made a couple late additions uh, from overseas. Ade Mara from Spain, they added a Turkish forward as well. Tommy Lloyd in Arizona added a couple of Lithuanians. So we have seen this European kind of connection grow even deeper in college basketball in the last month or so really and part of that is that we're starting to see ways for these schools to be able to pay these students and nil for them if they have the ability to come play college basketball which is an easier path to the nba even though the the path from europe to the nba is certainly not uh really struggling we've seen plenty of guys be, be able to do that be first picks or first top five picks or whatever so it's definitely an avenue but i think College athletics provides a better avenue, especially if they can get paid. And I think that's the big thing here. 
For Krajinovich specifically, he has already signed at Gonzaga. He is going to be a true freshman in the 2023-24 college basketball season. Signed, sealed, delivered. This is happening. He is a six foot four guard from Croatia. As we said, he played for Bosco Zagreb last year in Croatia prior to signing here. And his numbers last year for his team Bosco in Croatia were excellent. 17.6 points per game, 4.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists. Very efficient score as well, 58.5% on two-pointers. That is, for a guard, really, really good to be able to be that efficient as a two-point score. He also shot just under 36% from deep, about 72% from the free throw line as well. He was the league's most improved player and was also named to the Croatian League's second team. He did this as a 19-year-old. Most improved player in a top-level league in Croatia to finish at 19 and do that is absolutely extraordinary. Krajovic has already made a name for himself in Croatian basketball. He played on their team on their U18 team in each of the last two seasons uh, in 2022 at the FIBA Euro League Championships in uh, for the U18s. He averaged 13 points, five boards, and four assists. Very very productive player there. He also trained this summer with the Croatian senior national Olympic team, likely a future part of Croatia's Olympic hopefuls. We've talked about this a lot with Gonzaga and their quest to add international talent. It's not only fun to get players in from different cultures and different countries and whatnot, but as we kind of see now with the Olympics coming up, like Gonzaga will have players representing the, the multiple different countries. Joel Iai is representing France right now. Demontis Sabonis will likely represent Lithuania. Uh, we have seen uh, Rui Hachimura represent Japan in the past. Uh, Jun Sakyo is already connected with South Korean Olympic teams. Like there is just a, a, a plethora of connections. Of course, Canada, Kelly Olenek played for them. Kevin Pangos very recently cut from the Canadian national team, could end up back there depending on injuries uh, at some point as well. So Gonzaga has, has really been so involved in international basketball and adding a player like Luka Krajinovic here just continues to further that relationship that they have, especially in Eastern Europe, where they have been really strong with Sabonis, with Philip Petrusov now, with Krajinovic as well. This has been a, a really big recruiting hotbed for Gonzaga post-Tommy Lloyd as well. And so I think it's something that to continue to celebrate with what they've been able to do. And there's a great quote by Mark Few. I read this out of the Spokesman Review. I'm not sure who he directly said it to, but uh, discussing the addition of Krajinovic, he says, quote, Luke is a guard that can really help us. He is versatile and has decent size. He also has a good experiences playing against older guys back home in Croatia. And I think that that is a, a key part of this for Mark Few and for Gonzaga is if they wanted to add a player who's going to contribute right away, and we'll talk more about that in the second segment. But if you're adding young players to your team who have multiple years of eligibility, again, he's coming in as a true freshman. So he's got four years and you want them to play right away. Guys who have that experience playing against older players is going to be a big bonus. And I think that's going to really help Krajinovic, particularly when comparing him to the players that he is going to be competing for playing time with. His experience playing against 23, 25, 28-year-olds in Croatia is going to help him be more likely to be on the floor right away for the Bulldogs. Uh, he is the fifth Croatian player to join or to be in college basketball for this upcoming season. I already mentioned a uh, big one is Avisic, who's going to play at Kentucky next year. He's going to be probably their starting center. Very, very talented seven foot three player. And again, a part of this kind of resurgence of European players coming over to the United States in part because they can get paid, because they can make money, because they can kind of open themselves up to even more uh, 
viewership and just more eyeballs on their game from scouts, from analysts, from uh, NBA general managers, players, whomever. Uh, they're more likely to watch a Demara at UCLA than they are to watch him playing in Spain, for example. Same with Avisic, same with Krajnovic, same with uh, Johnny Furphy, who just went to Kansas out of Australia. Like I, Again, I mentioned Arizona has a couple of Lithuanian players on their team. Like These guys are putting themselves in positions to be in front of more people watched by more people, especially NBA people, which is their ultimate goal. And so it makes sense for somebody like Krajnovic to make this decision to come to Gonzaga, a place that has developed international ta- talent as well as anybody. I mean, you put them up against any program in the country and they're at least comparable in terms of churning guys out from unheralded prospects like Rui Wudge, like Joel was, like Killian Tilly was, to NBA players like all three of those guys were at least at one time. So really fun to see Gonzaga dip back into the international market, bring Krajnovic overseas back to Spokane, and, and we'll get a really good chance to see what he looks like. And that's kind of what I want to talk about uh, in the second segment is how is Krajnovic going to fit into Gonzaga's rotation next season? Mark Few doesn't play 10 guys. He doesn't even usually play nine guys. So what is this going to look like next year? What does it mean for Dusty Stromer? What does it mean for Nolan Hickman? What does it mean for Marcus Adams Jr.? We're going to discuss all of that after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you can have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster, and they do it for free. It is so easy to create a free job post, and then you just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. And let's be honest, the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those of you everyday listeners who are checking out the show on YouTube. we got more fun stuff coming your way later this week. We'll continue to keep you posted on Krajnovic and his transition from Croatia to the United States to Gonzaga. We'll talk some more conference realignment. Uh, no real updates right now. Everything's a bit at a standstill. Could the Big East get involved with Gonzaga? Will that happen this year? Could it be something where we're waiting for a whole other year? More conference realignment conversation, more conversation about pro Zags, baseball Zags, all sorts of stuff coming your way as we get into the middle of August and into September. Coming up here pretty darn soon. Right now, they want to keep our focus on the newest Zag joining the roster. That is Luka Krajnovic. We talked about who he is, what kind of player he has been in Croatia, why the Zags might show some interest in him. But now I kind of want to talk about what that role might look like. And everyday listeners, or even semi-regular listeners, if you've been listening to the podcast every single day, if you've only been listening to the podcast when we've been talking about transfer targets, like Mulcahy, like Toussaint, like... uh, Jose Perez, Jeremiah Williams, any of those other guys, you've probably still heard a lot of the same refrains from me. Gonzaga was looking for a bigger guard to play a third guard role behind Ryan Nempard and Nolan Hickman. 
This was very clearly the type of player Gonzaga was targeting in the transfer portal. Why they were interested in the six foot six Paul Mulcahy. It's why they were interested in the six foot five Jose Perez. Uh, admittedly, Joe Toussaint was a little bit smaller, but he was a very good defensive player, which I think is probably what caused the appeal uh, for Mark Few and the staff and him in the first place. And they found that guy here in Krajinovich. But a lot of the players that Gonzaga had been looking at were grad transfers. Of course, over the last month, they, they had to be. So, of course, those are the only players who were really av- available were the Mulcahy's uh, and the Toussaint's and, and Perez and, and Jeremiah Williams. And, of course, uh, Mike Meadows, we talked about him recently. He ended up going to St. Louis. Uh, but that, that was kind of the player the Zags were interested in. Veteran guy, come in, play off the bench, uh, hit some threes, play some good defense. Again, somebody to effectively replace what Malachi Smith did for Gonzaga last year. I don't know that Luka Kravnovich is necessarily that for a couple obvious reasons. One, he's not a, he's not an older player. He has played against older players, which is something that Mark Few made sure to mention in his brief comment about Kravnovich, which I think is important, but he is 19, a little older than your typical freshman, but not exactly somebody that you expect to come in and bring, you know, veteran leadership and that kind of stuff. He's still going to have an adjustment period, Whereas that was maybe not something you would have expected from some of the other guys Gonzaga was targeting, like Mulcahy and Toussaint in particular. However, this still fills a need on the immediate roster for Gonzaga and gives them an option of somebody who can develop within the system. They now have three players who are coming in as incoming freshmen, who are teenagers, who all have seemingly bright futures in Spokane. Dusty Stromer, Marcus Adams Jr., now you add Krajinovich to that mix. I don't count Yo because A, he didn't join the team this summer, he joined the team last winter, and B, he is 21 years old, so even though he is uh, starting his Gonzaga basketball playing career at effectively the same time as those three other newcomers, he is older and has spent more time around the program than anybody else. Regardless, Gonzaga has too many cooks in the kitchen. And I don't say that as a bad thing. It is not a criticism by any stretch of the imagination. But one thing that happens, and it happens every single offseason, is that we try to take a look at 10 or 11 players. Sometimes it's 9 or 10. Sometimes it's more than that, who are all going to play next year. And every single year, Gonzaga plays eight players. Sometimes they play seven. They almost never play nine. And this year, there are players that many of you and myself included are going to have a really hard time figuring out what's going to happen if this guy doesn't play. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there are six players locked, 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 locked in to rotation spots next season. And they have been locked in for a long time. Those six players are Ryan Nemhard, Nolan Hickman, Steele Venters, Anton Watson, Graham E.K., and Ben Gregg. Five of those guys will start. My suspicion is that it will be the first five with Ben coming off the bench as the third big in likely an increased role from last year, but a somewhat similar role just with more minutes per game because I don't think EK is going to play as many minutes as Drew Timmy did. So I think Ben will soak up most of those minutes. But that those six guys are playing, and they're all playing a lot. So by my count, you probably have two more guys, and I count six players that – justifiably could argue for rotation minutes next season outside of those six. So you have the core six who are going to play, and then you have Dusty Stromer, you have Jun Sak-yo, 
you have Luka Krajnovic, you have Marcus Adams Jr., you have Caden Perry, and you have Braden Huff. That's 12 players. Gonzaga's going to play eight, most likely. Maybe nine. But in the years that they have played nine, they usually don't play nine for a full season. And I just, I don't see it. I don't see nine happening. It's, it's, it's very unusual in the history of Mark Few as the head coach of Gonzaga for them to play a regular nine-man rotation. So that means that two of these six players are going to get regular minutes next year. That's it. Only two. My guess is it's two of the first three players listed. Two out of Dusty Stromer, Jun Sakyo, and Luka Krajnovic. That means Marcus Adams Jr., Caden Perry, and Braden Huff, in my mind right now on August 13th as I'm recording this, are not going to be a part of Gonzaga's rotation next season. I feel like it's definitely possible I'm wrong about Marcus Adams Jr. I suppose it's possible I'm wrong about Huff or Perry if those guys really show up in a major way, dominate practices, could kind of carve out some fourth big minutes, of course. Watson and EK have had injury history in the past, so it's possible they sneak in because of something like that as well. But I have a hard time seeing it. And I think when you talk about the age of these guys, that's where it gets interesting. Yo is 21. He's been around the program for an entire year. Dusty Stromer is 18. Kradnovich is 19 and has played against older European players who are in their 20s or even 30s. So he's older than Stromer, and he has more experience playing against older veteran guys. Again, Yo is 21, Krajnovich 19, Stromer is 18. Marcus Adams Jr. is technically should be in the class of 2024. Remember, he reclassified to join Kansas in 2023. And then, of course, transferred out of Kansas, comes to Gonzaga. The, the reports, we have not heard anything indicating that he is not eligible. We also have not heard anything indicating that he is eligible. So Marcus Adams Jr. may not even be eligible to play at all which might not be a, a bad thing for Gonzaga. I'm not sure that the minutes are going to be there for him. I think the upside is extremely high for Marcus Adams Jr., but especially adding a, a, another player like Krajnovich into the mix probably is a sign that Adams Jr. is not going to be counted on to play a big role. I never really expected that he was. I think he's more of a long-term developmental piece. But right now, there, there's even less room for him to get some playing time. So perhaps we'll hear soon that Adams Jr. is not going to be able to play this next year. Then we can kind of cross him off of our list of how is this guy going to fit into the rotation for year one? We'll accept that he's a red shirt for a year and then we'll kind of move forward with the rest of the guys. But even so, there's still a lot of talented players who aren't going to get much of a look next year. My guess, and I've said this so many times on the show, many of you probably know the direction we're going here, but the hinge is yo. How Jun Sakyo looks, how prepared he is to play, is a huge factor for Gonzaga next year. If he can play 25 minutes a game and is better than Steel Venters, is better than Nolan Hickman, is even better than some of the small ball fours Gonzaga have, if he can play that role as capably or more capably of Greg and Watson, which is like the high end of likelihood for who Yo is in his first season at Gonzaga, if he can be that guy, then I think you have – a lot, you you create a situation where Venters could potentially play more minutes at the two if you're playing Yo at the three. If Venters is playing more minutes at the two, that means Hickman and Nemhard are splitting more minutes at the one. That potentially pushes either Stromer or Kravnovich, Krajnovich, excuse me, out of the rotation entirely. If Yo's not that guy, if he's more like freshman year Rui, if he's maybe five to ten minutes per game, five to eight minutes per game, uh, 
more end of the game type situations. If that's the player that he is, then I suspect Krajinovich ends up playing a much bigger role. Maybe he does play a full on Malachi Smith role. Maybe he plays 18 minutes per night. That's probably on the high end of what I would expect from him, but it's possible. It's possible. Stromer, I think, is still probably not going to see a huge amount of minutes in year one. I've always kind of thought he's probably going to be the last guy in the rotation, but you never know. Certainly, uh, if if they don't feel like the Europeans are, are ready to contribute right away or if they don't feel that Krajinovic and Yo are, are, are those guys right now, then maybe Stromer does get a lion's share of the minutes right out of the gate. This is one of the most difficult Gonzaga teams I've ever talked about, podcasted about, interacted with, watched, studied over the offseason in terms of predicting what this lineup's going to look like. It's really hard to tell right now. With all we have to go on with Krajinovich, all we have to go on with Yo, all we really have to go on with Adams and Stromer are high school or European League or FIBA highlights. We don't have a ton else to go on. Mark Few is going to get these dudes all together in the gym. He already has. He's going to watch them compete against each other. He's going to watch them compete against their teammates. And he's going to have a much better sense of who's ready to go out there in game one. Who's ready to play 20 minutes against UConn. Who's ready to do that and who's not. Right now, I don't have a great sense of that. It's just, it's, it's impossible to know without being at practices, without seeing this team. When we see craziness in the kennel, when we hear from the coaching staff, when we get a chance to see this team in action, we'll have a much better sense. But right now, Six new players, six new players, and that's not counting Yo. Seven, if you count Yo. Three of them are transfers, who at least we have a better sense of what they can do at the D1 level. But the other guys, kind of mysteries right now. It's a fascinating, fascinating upcoming season for Gonzaga. And, and they may not be done. And that's what I want to talk about to close out the show. Is this the end of the Gonzaga offseason? Not a conversation we're typically having in mid-August. Usually it's done long, long before now. But right now, the Zags still have one more scholarship spot. Could they use that? We'll talk about that as well as some love and uh, thoughts and prayers and whatever for Hawaii and Lahaina after what is going on there. We'll talk about all that coming up right after this. Folks, segment three here is still Andy Patton, still Locked On Zags podcast, moving away from talking about Gonzaga's newest player, Croatian sensation, Luka Krajnovic, who's joining the team for the upcoming 23-24 season, and now taking a look at if he is the final addition for the Gonzaga basketball program heading into next season. Because Gonzaga, up until recently, still had three open scholarships. They, of course added Marcus Adams Jr. from Kansas. That gave them just two scholarships. Now they have added Luka Krajnovic from Croatia. That gives them just the one open scholarship. And as we just kind of laid out in that segment there recently, I don't see how they could possibly add anybody else who they expect to play rotation minutes right away. They already have 12 guys competing for what I expect to be eight, maybe nine spots. They were connected to Malcolm Dandridge, reportedly. Malcolm Dandridge is a grad transfer out of Memphis. Shot-blocking center, but he's only 6'9". Quite honestly, I never really saw the fit. I talked about that when I talked about Dandridge on an episode last week. Now, I'd be very surprised to see Gonzaga use their final roster spot, their final scholarship, on a veteran center. They just don't need it. They have Graham E.K., they have Anton Watson, they have Ben Gregg, they have Caden Perry, they have Braden Huff. That's five. Five bigs right there. Yes, there are health issues concerning two of them. Pretty significant health issues with E.K. and Perry. Some maybe health concerned with Watson, although he looked pretty darn healthy last year. Huff hasn't played. Like, I get it. 
it's not a, a flawless front court, but I don't think they're going to make another addition there. And I don't, I just don't see them bringing in a scholarship player who they expect to be part of that eight to nine man rotation. I think that the eight to nine people who are going to play for Gonzaga next season are on the roster. One of them, they might've just added. Krajnovich totally could be a part of that conversation, but I don't think any more additions are coming that are going to be a part of the rotation for next season. That does not mean that they will not fill that scholarship spot. It could, it could mean that. It could mean that they'll go into the season with an open scholarship. They'll keep it open in case there's a reclassification in case there's a freshman. They feel like they can add in case there's another European player they want, but they might also just give it to one of the walk-ons. Maybe Colby Brooks gets a scholarship for the second half of the upcoming season. Maybe Abe Eagle does. Maybe they just keep it open the entire year. Last year they had an open spot and they were able to use it to add Jun Sakyo in the middle of the year. That could be a move that pays serious dividends for Gonzaga in the not-too-distant future. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something like that again next year. Maybe they find a a 2024 player that they add that wants to graduate and, and join Gonzaga a semester early. That could happen too. Whether Zoom Diallo or Asa Newell or anybody else Gonzaga's targeting in 24 actually want to do that or have the ability to do that, I don't know. But it's something that they could, that having that extra flexibility would offer them the ability to do. Again, Gonzaga has frequently kept scholarship spots open heading into season, so I don't see why this year would be any different. My feeling right now is a high level of confidence, 85 to 90% that Gonzaga is not going to add anybody else to this roster between now and the start of the basketball season. That does not mean that by the end of the season, by March, Gonzaga won't have added to the roster in some way, whether it's a reclass, whether it's a European player, whatever it may be. But I don't think that we're going to see any more, which means those of you who have been listening to the show throughout the summer, who've heard all the transfer portal updates, what about this guy? Could the Zags add this guy? I think we might finally be done with those. Makes me a little sad. I always enjoy them. I think it's fun to learn about different players in college basketball and get a chance to talk to you guys about them and how they might fit, but I just don't see any more additions happening. Of course, you never know. I didn't think any more additions would happen until Alex Tui decided to decommit from Gonzaga. That spawned a a handful of different moves, including, of course, Marcus Adams Jr. and now Luka Krajnovic coming to Gonzaga. So it could change. But for right now, I think the players on Gonzaga's roster are the players that are going to start the 2023-24 college basketball season on Gonzaga's roster. Last thing I want to say here before I wrap up this Monday edition of Locked on Zags, I want to talk about what's going on in Hawaii. And I'm not going to pretend I'm incredibly informed on the situation. I've read some articles, um, and I'm sure many of you, this will not be breaking news to many of you, but uh, Hawaii is, is suffering from devastating fires right now, particularly in the area of Lahaina, which is where the Maui Invitational takes place, which is why it is related to Gonzaga. It is not just an arbitrary uh, sentiment that is being shared. It does have significant ramifications for Gonzaga in the sense that the odds of them playing in Maui this winter, like they're expected to for the Maui Invitational are almost zero. I mean, it's, just, it's not going to happen there. It's going to be moved. Maybe it gets moved to Las Vegas. Maybe they find another place to do it. I hope, and I suspect that they will find a way to make sure that the profits from this event go to Hawaii's economy, go to charitable organizations trying to help rebuild Lahaina. Because if you haven't seen the pictures or videos and you have the stomach to see these kind of things, it is horrifying. I mean, the place is gone. I've never been to Hawaii personally. Uh, My wife has gone. My wife went a few months ago for a friend's bachelorette party and they were there. 
like the places that she went, the places that she saw, the trees that she saw, the buildings, they're, they're gone. And I mean, it's, it's horrific. It's horrifying that this happened to this beautiful place, this place that already has some economic challenges and, and you know, a big part of their uh, economy is tourism. And now that's gone. And that's, I mean, it feels like there's a chance things are going to continue to get worse. And that's what is so upsetting. It's not, you know, necessarily everybody's immediate responsibility to help them, but considering we were going to watch a game that happened in Hawaii and we were going to help them with, you know, some of you were going to go, many of you probably have tickets or are planning to get, we're planning to get tickets at least. Like, I just hope that whatever money gets funneled into this event, which again, as a reminder, the Maui Invitational is one of the most stacked MTEs I've ever seen in my entire life. It is absolutely ridiculous how many good teams are participating in this event. And now it's going to happen somewhere else. It's going to happen in LA or, or Vegas or somewhere like that. And I hope that we can find ways to raise money towards helping rebuild Lahaina and Hawaii because it is a beautiful, beautiful place that did not deserve this to happen to them. And now, I mean, as I'm recording this right now, there's 93 is the death toll. Uh, it's probably over hundred, even by the time you're listening to this. And uh, I'm going to post some links to some places that you can donate. I highly encourage if you're capable and able to do so that you consider clicking on them. $5 helps, $10 helps, $100 helps, whatever you have. And when we do get around to the Maui Invitational, if it's played in, in Vegas, if it's played somewhere else, maybe consider that as a moment of like, hey, um, I'm going to have, you know, X number of, of dollars worth of, of beer this night. Like, can I donate that same amount to Hawaii? You know, can I help this place that has given us so much and has been such a fun place for Gonzaga fans to congregate in the past that is now no longer no longer offers that? because of something outside of their control. It would be beautiful if we could, we could help them out. So I'll post the links, check them out. I'll also post a link to our new Discord channel where we chat about all things Gonzaga basketball every day. We had some great conversations about Krajnovic as soon as he committed to Spokane. So definitely check it out. I'll post the link there as well. And that's going to wrap us up for today. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to Locked On Zags, uh, to listen about Luka Krajnovic. Very excited about this newcomer coming to Spokane. We'll have a lot more about Krajnovic, about the upcoming schedule, about conference realignment, about every everything going on in the stratosphere surrounding this little school in Spokane, Washington. So don't, uh, don't go anywhere. Definitely check out the show. You can hit that subscribe button on YouTube. If you have not done so yet, uh, you can follow on Twitter. You can leave reviews on iTunes, all sorts of good stuff. Thank you so much for listening as always. And of course, until next time, go Zags. <laughs>